Good morning, 11 o'clock service. So great to see you. If you're in the foyer, now's your cue to come in and find a seat. Plenty of them in here. If you're online watching us, we're so glad that you're tuning in. Welcome to our 11 a.m. service. We have got a brilliant service lined up for you. Claire Thompson is here. She's going to be speaking to us a bit later. We are celebrating communion together. So if you're at home and you're tuning in, why not go and get something to join in with us so you can celebrate communion at home with us. That would be great. And uh, we've got lots of lovely worship too. And um, if we haven't met, my name's Rachel and I'm part of the team here and I'm going to be hosting this morning. So if you're with me in this part of the building, and if you're at home you can as well, why don't you stand with me and I'm going to say a short prayer and commit ourselves and our service to God. Invite his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is already here, but I think there's something quite helpful about us just making a bit of time and space to quieten our own hearts and minds and souls. We've probably been rushing to get here. Lots of things have been going on already this morning. So let's just take a moment to be quiet. If the kids are noisy, that's really fine. We're totally cool with that. And let's just pray together. Father God, thank you that you are with us by your Holy Spirit. And thank you that we don't have to go really sort of searching hard, high and low to find you because you are right here with us and in us. And we just welcome you. Why don't you just say that sort of quietly in your own heart? I welcome you, Holy Spirit, this morning. Yeah, we welcome you, God, amongst our community here online as well. And we say, please, will you strengthen us and fortify us and provoke us and encourage us to grow in our relationship with you so that we're not only experiencing your blessing personally, but that we can be a blessing to those around us and a blessing to our city and our neighborhoods, our streets, our workplaces. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's remain standing and we're going to have some worship to start our service. Over to you guys. on you this morning we turn to you God so let our praise let our praise be your welcome let our songs be sign we are here for you we are here for you let your breath your breath come from heaven, fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you, Jesus. We are here for you. To you, our hearts are Thank you. 
We're calling out to you this morning. We set our eyes on you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we welcome, we welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise, Almighty God of love. We welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise, Almighty.
came to die for our sins, God. But it also speaks of you being a lion, powerful, mighty, someone that we worship. So God, we give you our worship and our honor and our praise this morning. We say, who can stop the Lord? stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Do you have a seat, guys? I'm sorry about that. People at the front are all laughing at me. People at the back didn't see it, so I could have kept it quiet, and nobody would have known. Um, I think, you know, that song reminds us of what the future we're heading to. It's actually speaking of a time in Revelation when every knee will bow before God. And so I don't know if you feel like you're... Sometimes when we're worshipping, we're worshipping in the now, but what we have to do is take our mind to the future and who God is. Do you get that? Because we're sort of like in the tension and in between. So I'm just going to say a, a little prayer now I've gathered myself. Father God, I thank you that you are one day going to be worshipped and every knee will bow before you. And I pray for us now as we sort of live in the tension of that, where we see um, kind of turbulence in our own country and in the world. And it maybe feels a little bit like you're not on the throne but we just say this morning that we know you are on the throne. And um, yeah, we're so glad about that because if everything else is shaken, you will not be shaken. And we just say, God, we thank you that we can base our lives on you and that you are our rock and our salvation and you will not be moved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, so lovely to see you and be with you. And if you've just arrived and you, we haven't met, my name's Rachel and I'm part of the team here that helped this service run. And we're so glad you're here. And if you are new and you're, um, 
Yeah, I've been coming maybe for a few weeks and you haven't connected with our newcomers desk or our newcomers team, then we'd, I'd love to encourage you to do that today and not let that moment pass. And if you're here for the first time and you're just kind of checking us out, we're so glad you're here. But again, if you scan the QR code that's going to come up on the screen, you can scan it with your smartphone, go into the camera setting, hold it above it, and it will take you to our contact form, which just means you can fill it in, and somebody will be in contact with you. Melissa, who's on cameras at the moment, multitasking, she will email you this week and say, hi, welcome, we'd love to um, just tell you a little bit more about who we are. It doesn't tie you in to being a kind of a fully paid up member of Wooden Church. It's just like a tiny little first step in. So can I encourage you to do that? Because there's a lot of us here, and it's really important that we help you make a connection. And this is the crucial first step. So do consider doing that if you're new around here and haven't done it yet. Um, I want to tell you some family news. But first, are there any birthdays today? We're very strict here at the 11. It's got to be today. Is there any birthdays today? Anyone want to dob anybody else in? No? Great. Okay, we'll move on. You're saved from my singing. But also, there was a birthday this week. Chris and Mandy Harvey had baby Gideon this week. Uh, where is Chris Harvey? Yeah, yeah, he's here. Um, they had baby Gideon. I th- how, how long was that labor, Chris? Two hours, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just, it's just, I remember mine. They went two hours. Two hours is very quick. So God bless you guys. Let me just pray. Pray, um, Lord, for Mandy and little Gideon, for your blessing over them in these first few days of life on planet Earth. We pray for that family that you'd really um, yeah, watch over them and provide for their needs while they're still in the UK before they go back to Africa. In Jesus' name, amen. And maybe they might make an appearance soon, I suspect, and have a little Gideon cuddle. Um, any, so there, I think there are maybe bits and bobs of family news, but that's the main thing I wanted to say. A few notices. What is happening, question, interaction needed here, folks, just um, flagging it up. What is happening on November 18th, 19th, and 20th of November? Yeah, it's a weekend away, yeah. It's a church weekend away. It's 11 a.m. weekend away. And so um, we are going away as a, as a community, as an 11 a.m. service. We're going away to Wales. It's going to be great. I've already booked the weather. It's going to be sunny and warm. It's going to be a heat wave. I'm reliably informed um, for the whole time. So you won't need Wellingtons or waterproof coats, but it's always good to pack them because it is Wales. Um, But it's going to be a great time. And why are we doing this? We're doing this because we are really aware that coming out of COVID, we need to build and strengthen our community and connections with each other, but also our connection with Jesus. And so the focus of the weekend is just that building connections with one another, and building connections with Jesus. And so if you would like to come, can I encourage you to go onto the diary page on the Woody's website. It's the top of the screen. Click on the diary, find the date, and that takes you to the event page. And um, you can come for the whole weekend. There's lots of different types of tickets. If you're struggling to pay the full price, there's also a, a way that you can contact us, and we will help you out with that. So we don't want people not to come because it's too expensive. And also, you can come for the day, and the day tickets are released at the end of this month. So please consider coming, because it's going to be really great, and we've got a guest speaker flying in, especially for Saturday nights. It's going to be great. Okay, two other things to say. Wholeness is coming. We love wholeness here. Claire Thompson is here, so I've got to say that. But I would say it anyway, because it's amazing. And wholeness is a really key part of the life here at Woody's, where we focus on um, our discipleship, 
and who we are as Jesus followers. And this wholeness particularly is looking at, let me just check my list, anxiety, disappointment, and rejection. All of us, every single one of us, experiences that. Anxiety, disappointment, and rejection. And it's not about saying, oh, you're a bad person if you experience that. We all experience all that stuff. But how do we not allow it to cripple us? And how do we learn how to deal with that stuff fully and be free from it? So if that's you, sign up to Wholeness. Go on the website. Claire might mention it in her talk later on. There's a Kaylee next Saturday. Go to the website if you want to do a bit of jigging. It'd be really good. Dave's loving it. Dave will be there jigging. That was my jig. And um, finally, tonight we have Bible school happening at 7 p.m., Jack Johnson, who I used to change his nappies when he was a baby, is now a PhD qualified man. And he's going to be teaching us on the subject of God does change. Does God change? Yeah, great question. And, all, and thinking about can God suffer? So if you want a bit of kind of gritty wrestling and wrangling with some theology, come tonight, 7 p.m., 6.30. It's going to be great. That's enough for me, quite frankly. So I'm going to get Laura Harris up our wonderful children's minister, to tell us what is going on. Yeah, let's give a round of applause. Matt Dobson, he started it. Thank you. Um, yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, we really love to um, meet with the children here at, at Woody's, and we've got lots of groups and lots of fun happening this morning. So if any of you are new, um, we have got Tiny Treasures downstairs for 18 months to school-age children um, in the crypt with Ruth and the team. Um, we've got Bright Lights upstairs with Christina and Ange this morning, and that's for reception to year two. We've got junior explorers, please can you meet me in the foyer, um, and that's for year three to year six, and then children doing football church will be walked back to the foyer, and you can grab them at the end of the service. And in junior explorers this morning, we're thinking about um, trusting God even when things seem impossible. So that feels like a really good thing to, for us to learn this morning, doesn't it? Not just the, for the kids, quite frankly. We need to do that too. Thank you so much, Laura. And for devotion, devotion is meeting as normal. A lot of our young people are away on the weekend away, but Tina Mitchell is back here to run devotion. So if you're a devotee, a teenager, please meet Tina out in the foyer and have a brilliant session with her and the team. Now, for those guys that are going to go, they're going to go. But if you're staying, can I just encourage you to maybe swivel around in your seat and welcome somebody, say hi. Um, are you new around here? My name is. Let's just have a little chat and um, be a welcoming community. God bless the kids and the teenagers as they go. Amen.
We're going to move on in our service. Thank you so much for chatting and welcoming somebody. Do you know what? One of my favorite things about a Sunday... Well, there's lots of things I love about coming together on a Sunday morning, but what I, one of my favorite things is meeting new people. I am one of those people that loves meeting someone for the first time. Um, I kind of come alive. So I know I chatted to several people here that were here for the first time and some people that have been hunting me back for a long time. So just a, a really warm welcome to you. I know that walking into a busy church can sometimes be a little bit intimidating. I'll let you into a little secret. Sometimes I feel a bit intimidated walking into this room and I work here. So um, I know that it can feel a bit much to walk in. So thank you so much for kind of pitching up and being part of our service this morning. Before we go back into worship, it just feels so appropriate. It's always appropriate, but to pray for our nation and the world. And um, I know it's the, the week in politics has just been sort of crazy, hasn't it, for those of you that are really following it. And um, it can make you feel a little bit unsteady when the government is very unsteady and when there have been decisions that are being made that just seem so wrong and uh, unwise. And and yet, to be reminded that God is sovereign and he's still on the throne, is a, I think, is really key for us as Jesus followers. So let's just take a moment to pray. And I'll just lead us. And then I'm going to leave some gaps for you to pray some of the things that are on your heart as well as we, yeah, as we beseech and kind of intercede for what is going on in our country and in the world. So let's just pray together for a moment. Father God, I thank you for that truth that you are on the throne and that you are sovereign. And yeah, we, that's our starting point this morning as we pray. And I, I pray for us as a community, as a church, as people that are trying to follow you, that we would not be shaken and that we would hold steady and trust you, like Laura said with the kids, when everything else around us makes us feel like we can't trust anything but I thank you that we can trust you and you are faithful and good and as scripture says your love endures forever so this morning may we just know that deep in our souls and we pray for our government and those in leadership and authority in this country and we ask you Lord God to break in and to put wise people in places of authority and leadership in our country. And we ask God that this week, as we go into it, some wise, good decisions would be made that don't just favor the rich, but favor the vulnerable, that bless the poor, that look after those who are struggling, that we would be a country that leads in such a way that we care not only for those that have, but for those that have not. And we ask, Lord God, that just seems a big prayer, but we ask and pray for our government that you would raise up godly men and women who are humble and who yeah, know how to lead in such difficult times. And we pray for our world where there's turmoil and war and flood and famine in so many places in, in the world. And we ask you, God, to come and bring your peace and your provision. We ask for your mercy to be over those places in the world where it's so tough. 
where people are struggling to survive, to be safe, to find food. We say, God, have mercy on this, your world. Have mercy, God. Maybe you want to pray for a particular area in the world right now, in your own mind. Maybe just lift up that area to God. Thank you, God, that you hear our prayers. Thank you, God, that you're not a distant, dispassionate, separate God, but that you are involved in our world by the power of your spirit. And we, we welcome that, God, and we ask for more. We ask for more of your interaction, more of your interjections in the areas of our world which are so needy. And for us, we pray that we would, pl we would play our part and not grow weary in doing good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, let's stand together, and then Liam and the team are going to lead us in some worship before Claire comes to speak to us um, in our theme, Sacred. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. Let's sing that again. Bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, Thank you. 
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you working. Even when I don't feel it, you working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Yeah, those aren't always the easiest words to sing, are they? But we are singing them as a a sort of declaration into our circumstances and into the world that we're living in and and into the individual journey that each one of us is taking. We say, even when we don't see it, we know that you are at work. In our world, we know that you're at work. And in our lives, in my life, in my circumstances, and you know, God, what they are. You see us. You know us. And we declare into the darkness, I know that God is at work and he is good. And ultimately his name is above every name. And his ways are perfect. And in the end, his love will win in our world and in my life. I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. It's um, lovely to be with you. Um, my name's Claire. Let me just grab this. And uh, yeah, I, some of you I don't know, and uh, some of you I do, but it's um, lovely to be with you. And uh, we are just get, getting set up. We are doing a little series at the moment called Sacred. And um, sometimes I wonder if people know we're in a series, you know, because. It's all very important to us. We're working it out behind the scenes. The series goes from this to that. And I wonder sometimes whether people are just saying, okay, this is what we're doing today. So we're doing this whole thing about things that are sacred. And I don't know what that word means to you, but um, sacred is kind of the word that we use to, it, it kind of means something that is set apart for reverence, something that is a bit awe-inspiring, something that's got a sense of holiness about it, something special. It actually means set apart. So the idea of the word sacred, but today we're going to bring it together with the word body, and we're going to say that your body is sacred. Okay, now it's probably not the first thing you thought of when you got up this morning, is it? But just wanted you to do something. Put your hand out in front of you, like that. And then maybe turn it over and clench it. Just look at it. Just look at it. This is an incredible piece of machinery. It's an amazing thing your hand is. Now, here's a few things about your hand. It's got 29 joints in it and 123 ligaments. It's got 48 nerves and 30 arteries pumping blood. Look at your hand, incredible. It's got nine muscles in your thumb, but none in your fingers. How do they move? They move because of the muscles in your hand pulling on tendons in your fingers. A quarter of your brain's motor cortex, the area devoted to moving you, is devoted to moving your hand. Wow. Through habitual use and training, even one single finger can support the entire body weight. Yeah. <laughs> you asked the rock climbers. Okay, holding hands has been shown to decrease levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. It's a good idea. Feeling stressed today? Go and hold hands with someone. Make sure you ask permission. 
and don't hold hands with strangers. Putting your hand on your heart, recent studies have shown has a similar stress-reducing effect as a hug. Put your hand on your heart right now. Wow, that's amazing. That that's, Some of these studies have shown that your hand on your heart is an incredible bit of structure, isn't it, your hand? What an amazing body part it is. And we're looking at the body today, and there's no doubt that your body is an amazing organ. And ama you are an amazing creature. You are so complex. You are full of complexities and intricacies and things that are just beyond our understanding. The brain is beyond our understanding. There's a little thing in the um, newspapers this week about on the news this week about some brain cells that have been cultivated in a Petri dish for decades to study something. And this week, they released the news that they had taught these brain cells, I don't, mind blown, how to play ping pong. Did anyone see that? <laughs> it was in the BBC News, so hopefully it's true. But and they, this, these brain cells learned how to play ping pong and they got better and better and they started winning games. What is that about? It is absolutely mind-blowing, isn't it? We are an incredible creature, and our bodies and brains are amazing. And so I wonder if you feel like you have this idea that your body, your being, your life is a sacred thing. Is that how you see it? And that the people around you are sacred people, sacred spaces set apart in some special way that, would, that has got this kind of awe about it and reverence. Now, I think that that is contested ground in our world at the moment. The sanctity of life is contested, the specialness of life. You know, it's really hard to look at the world in turmoil at the moment and see untold sort of swathes of people suffering huge amounts. It's really hard to look at suffering in the world and still believe that every life is significant. And it is hard when you look at things like migration and famine and, and war and people who don't seem to believe that life is sacred behaving with such influence in our world. It is hard to put, plot the pathway around gender and sexuality and the whole sort of contested ground of what it is to be a human being, what it is to be male and female. These are deep questions. They are questions that they cause great um, difficulties for us to navigate. And it is difficult, just the, the whole question of the sanctity of life at the beginning and end, abortion rights, euthanasia, things like AI intelligence encroaching upon our world so that there's this blurring. It's fascinating and incredibly um, it's just a struggle to navigate through and work out what human life is all about. And that conflict isn't really that new, to be honest. When Jesus appeared on the scene in um, sort of 2,000 years ago, there was a prevailing opinion, some Greek ideas about the body and the soul and, and um, the belief that, that the body was somehow a trap for the soul and that there was this divine spark that lived in every human being that was really significant and that body was somehow holding it back like a prison and the idea was to escape the prison and the various effects that that had on the psyche of, of human beings around the world as this sort of very prominent idea and Jesus walked right into the heart of that 
with his teaching. And he began to speak about things like care for the poor and forgiving and loving your enemies and pursuing justice that seemed to say that every single person, whoever they are, is significant and sacred to God. C.S. Lewis said this very famous quote, and I'm sure some of you will have read it before. He said, there are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. There's a slide for this. Um, Nations, cultures, ants, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals that we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors, perhaps, or everlasting splendors. And then he went on to say, next to the blessed sacrament, a word for taking communion, next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor, look around you, is the holiest object presented to your senses. Amazing C.S. Lewis, who really sort of explored that idea. So that's kind of what we're looking at today. And I, I want to just give you a few perspectives on a way to think of yourself as somebody that God, God has designated sacred. So we're going to read here Psalm 139, a very familiar and beautiful psalm, loved by many. And I want you to kind of put on the lens, if you like, of that idea God says that I am sacred and my life is sacred and so are the people around me. So let's have a look at Psalm 139. These beloved words, you have searched me, God, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Search me, God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. It's an amazing prayer. 3,000 years old. And it has spoken to so many human beings about this very thing. This idea that we are seen and known. And marked out as someone significant to God. Sacred. And so I'm just going to offer us three perspectives really. A way of trying to... Get your head around this idea and maybe refresh and renew our thinking around who we are and the purpose of our lives and and its significance. So first of all, one perspective is that you are made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. 
theologians have sometimes used the Latin phrase, imago dei, the idea that you, as an individual person, somehow mirror the image of God. Somehow there's something about you, your nature, who you are, the way that you think your potential that is actually the image of God. And there's David in this Psalm 139. He's reflecting on the origins of life going right down into the depths, the darkness. He starts that prayer by saying, wherever I am, however dark it is, I know you're there. And he goes from that point to say that even the darkness that surrounded my birth, my origins, this is contested ground for many of us because many of us struggle with the sense that we're maybe not meant to be here or that we're not significant. The struggle for significance is a human struggle that many of us have battled with. Some of you have made headway. And if you go to wholeness, it's one of the things that we talk about on wholeness, this idea of where you get your significance from. And we know there's a battle in the world to get it from things external to us, don't we? Like your success, your looks, your conversations, your, your, the people you're connected to. But David here is saying, actually, at the very beginning, the darkness where there is nothing, there's God looking at you as you are forming, being knitted together. It's a powerful image, knit together in your mother's womb. And there's this sense of welcoming by God, even this sense that, and it's a mysterious phrase that I don't fully understand. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them meant came to be. You know, this idea that somehow God is ordaining life, my life, your life, its length potentially. And again, it's a mysterious idea. But you are made in the image of God. And it, it, it demands a response. You cannot casually dismiss that idea and say, that's great, <laughs> moving on. Actually, it demands a response because what it means is that you are created to image God in the world, to be an image bearer. That is why you're here. And God calls it out of you and, and wants to enable you to mirror and bear his image the best that that can possibly be. And for some of us, that is a healing journey. And it is something that we need to explore. So I want to encourage you to do that. If that is contested ground for you, I encourage you to do it. But um, another theologian called David Gushy, that we won't do his quote, but I just want to say that he said this about Imago Dei. He said, there's very few concepts actually have been more influential than this one in the world. Because actually Christians and Jewish people before took the idea that there is a God out there who is near to human beings, who has made us in his image. And we are here to respond to that reality, to walk with him and to show his image to the world. We are image bearers. That is what makes you sacred. You are sacred, set apart to bear the image of God in the world. Secondly, you're sacred because, and we are all sacred, and in fact, the whole of the human life, every, uh, the whole, whole of the human race, every human being that exists is sacred because life is a gift from the God of love. Every person that is alive has been gifted life from the God that loves them beyond their imagination. I mean, God loves you more than you can conceive of. 
it would shock you if you could see it, if in some way it was revealed to you what God's love towards you looked like, you would be floored by it. Because you are, you're not only made in his image, you're an object of his love. And your gift, your life has been gifted to you. That's why it is sacred and everybody has been gifted life. So there's some verses here from the book of Corinthians where Paul is talking to believers, people who have decided to follow Jesus. And he says this to them. He said, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, he said. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So he's exploring this idea that somehow, although you are your own person and you make your own choices and you have to work out your pathway before God, there's a sense too in which you belong to someone. You are sacred, not because you are alone and you're, you know, completely adrift in the world, because you belong to someone. You are marked by this belonging. And your body is a sacred place. So there's another version of those words in the message which just say it amazingly well. Listen to these words. Did you realize that your body is a sacred place? The place of the Holy Spirit. Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. That's the old Greek idea. God owns the whole work. So let people see God in and through your body. And that is, that is a word into our culture around all of the things that we mentioned, that kind of contested ground. It is a word about the whole discussion around gender and sexuality and expression. Whatever the struggle is, whatever that feels like, and it is real, and it is not something to be dismissed. And there's stuff to explore that we as a church need to explore. But first and foremost, our bodies belong to God. And they're designated as loved and they're gifted by God. Abortion rights, refugee rights, euthanasia, stem cell research. Huge ethical questions and Christians should be at the heart of those discussions because life is sacred, designated sacred by God. And the way to navigate, I think, is to say that my first allegiance is to God as a worshipper. And everything else, whatever the struggle looks like, and it is real, and it is hard. I was sitting, preaching at the earlier service, and Becky was in front of me. Becky's been in a wheelchair for years, and her body is deteriorating, and it's hard. It's a struggle for her. But when I said to her, I'm preaching on the body, how do you feel? And she said, today I feel really happy. And I said, why? And she said, today I just feel happy with God, happy with myself. I got up, yesterday was hard, but today I feel in tune with God. I love God. You know, and she was smiling and nodding and agreeing. And it was, it's kind of like there's something amazing about that. That there is a struggle sometimes within our lives to really feel blessed, to feel sacred and set apart by God. But it is possible sometimes in the darkness to say, thank you, God, for the gift of life from the God. You, you are the God who loves me. 
So the questions, how, what, how does that, what does that say to us as we battle with things like self-image, self-hatred? Maybe if we battle with addictions and struggles with our physical bodies, there's a call for us to come to the center and say, this is a love gift from God. What do I do with this life and how do I grow in wholeness and reflect the image of God? Obviously, there's more to say about those things, but the third thing I want to say, the third perspective that you can use or we could possibly use to help us see ourselves as sacred is that uh, Paul describes us as living temples. What does that mean? What he's saying there is because Jesus came to earth, because Jesus died on the cross, because he rose again, because he gave the Holy Spirit to people and enabled us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we become a temple of God. Now, the temple, that's evocative language for them. It would have meant to them, conjured up this idea of a place of holiness, sacredness, a place where you could go and meet with God, a place where you could have your sins forgiven, where you could be restored to, God, to connection with God. And Paul is saying, you are that place now. So in you, those things are happening. And not only that, you are that place for people around you. A place where an encounter with God can happen. Where healing can happen. Where people can hear that their sins have been forgiven. Where a prophetic word can come because you are a place where God lives. That is your role, and it goes before anything else that you do. It is more important to God that you live out a life as someone who carries the presence of God with you than it is whatever you do with your job or any success or anything that you do. The most important thing is you carry the presence of God. That is what makes you sacred. What does it mean for us to do that? And I think just as we come to communion, I just want to suggest to you that there are times in our lives when we need to come into agreement with this stuff, not just give it a nod and say, that's great, I'm sacred. It's like this has got consequences for the way we, first of all, view ourselves. It means that self-rejection and self-hatred and beating ourselves up and, feel, and comparing ourselves unfavorably with people around us is not okay. It's not okay for that to stay in us. It might be a journey for us to actually get rid of those things because we've come from places where that is the norm. We haven't felt sacred marked as a gift of love at all. But for somebody who is following Jesus, there's a journey of transformation that says, I, I need to come into alignment with what God says about me. I'm made in his image. And I'm welcomed into this world by the God who blessed my origin and that is something for us to come into alignment with. And actually, I'm going to suggest that when we take communion in a minute, if you feel like that is my contested ground, I don't really like myself, or I have really hate myself, or somewhere on the line between those things, this is a perfect place for you to come and have communion with somebody who will pray with you and hear them say, do you know what? You're forgiven, you're loved, 
And the God who saw you from the beginning came to rescue you from all of this, to enable you to live a free life, a transformed life. It's all about transformation. There's no Christian life without it. There isn't. It's just about transformation and all that goes with it. So when we take communion, do that. It may be that actually recognizing that you're sacred means that you've got to recognize that people around you are sacred. And you might, that might be hard because they don't seem very sacred. <laughs> they might be really tricky. And in fact, you might have been on the receiving end of some evil that is really hard to bear and hard to square with this idea that every human life is sacred. I just remember once walking along the road to the shop, the local shop, and um, I walked past somebody who seemed to have been there for a long time, was drunk and was sitting on the pavement. And as I walked past, he said something really disgusting to me, really offensive. And I felt this sort of surge of anger and I turned around to look at him and say something angrily to this offensive comment. And as soon as I turned, as clear as anything, this phrase, made in the image of God, intruded across my mind in front of my anger and I felt like God gave me a little window into how he sees each person even the most um, corrupted or degenerated or broken of us is still made in the image of God and that means that it is possible for do to do what Jesus said with our enemies which is to love our enemies pray for them bless them do not curse them that is a big deal. But again, communion is a place where you can come. And I just want to encourage you to come in a minute. If you feel like I need to forgive someone, this is a good place. A place where we celebrate the forgiveness of God towards us. And, you know, I just finished with one verse that is, again, Paul speaking about, about this idea that somehow we're here to image God and to grow to be more like him and I think you've got to ask yourself the question do I want to be more like him do I want to reflect his image in the world do I want to bear it do I want to be clothed in Christ do I want people to look at me and say you know like like you can with Becky in the other service you know there's something about you that is more than just your circumstances you're a transformed person. So Paul says these words. We with all unveiled faces, with unveiled faces, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of God. This is you he's talking about. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Lord spirits. So I just pray for us, God. Let's, let's pray for a minute. And then Tim's going to lead us in communion. And again, I do want to encourage you to get up out of your seats and come and get communion and, and locate yourself in this truth, not just in your brain and your mind, but in reality, a physical reality. And actually say to God, I want to align with your view of me in the world so I can be a blessing to the world. So Father God, I pray that you would help us where there is conflict in the contested ground of our identity where you have said that our bodies, our lives and our bodies, are our minds, our soul, our spirit, our physical body 
or a place where you dwell, that we are created and made in your image and that life is a gift from you, the God who loves us. I pray that you'd help us to align with this majestic truth. Help us to find ways of, of experiencing the truth of these things that are liberating. Help us to be healed. God, I pray for healing. I pray for your forgiveness for where we are misaligned. And I pray that your spirit would come now to your living temples. Come, spirit of God, and dwell again in these temples. Come, Holy Spirit, and let us see you at work in our world through our bodies. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Claire. That's some amazing things there, isn't it, about how uh, God is at work in you and through you. We're going to take communion now, and um, it's a chance for us to uh, remember Jesus. Uh, Jesus who took on a bodily form, making it sacred. And that body was, was broken and crucified. And then he, he, before he died, he gave his friends bread and he broke it. And he said, actually, this is my body that is broken for you. A sacred body that died on your behalf to bring you wholeness. And after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. And it's a new agreement. It's a new deal. It's going to forgive your shame and your guilt and your wrongdoing. And he said, take this to remember me. And that's what we're going to do in a moment. We've got um, tables at the back where if you want to just go and take communion, someone will serve you. Um, at the front here, there'll be some prayer ministry team and uh, we can serve you communion and offer to pray for you. So do, if you want to come with some prayer. Um, again, sometimes our, these physical bodies do uh, get aches and pains. And uh, if you want some physical healing this morning, we'd love to pray for you for physical healing for your body. I did wonder this morning whether there's somebody who um, you, you kind of, your ankle turns over quite easily and then swells up. And I'm particularly the left ankle. If you, and if, if that's you this morning, a swollen left ankle, I'd love to pray with you. And I wonder whether somebody with some breathing difficulty, um, I, I don't think it's to do with lung capacity. I think it's to do with your diaphragm. And again, if you've got breathing problems this morning, we'd love some healing healing, then do ask uh, one of the team here, and we'll love to pray for some physical healing for your sacred body that God's entrusted to you, that one day will be renewed. Um, but we're going to, as we take communion, um, remember those things that Claire has said, and we're going to use this time, um, no one's going to usher you, just come whenever you like, there'll be some worship happening. Uh, we've got 10 minutes or so to take what we've heard, whatever the Lord is saying to you this morning, uh, respond to that. But just to take a moment, just to reflect quietly and um, admit where maybe we've used our body for things that haven't been good this week. Things that we've said, things we've thought, things that we've done. That we just want to just confess to God. So that when we come take communion, he can cleanse those right away. God, thank you. When we confess our wrongdoing, you're faithful and just. You will forgive us. You'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We come now to receive from you. Let's say together the acclamation, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again.
Amazing. So let's all stand together. Worship will be happening. Uh, do come and uh, help yourself to communion. If you want to go to the cross and just serve yourself, uh, then please do that. Uh, no one's going to usher you, so come whenever you like, and let's worship and receive from God this morning. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on the cursed tree His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb, the entrance sealed by heavy stone, Messiah still and all
Celebrate communion with so many of you, and I hope you, yeah, I've just taken something from Claire's talk. I just felt like it was really like intersecting with a lot of our lives. But as we come into land now, why don't you stand with me if you're not standing? And we are gonna declare God's goodness, we are gonna settle our minds and our attention and our thoughts onto Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so let's sing together and then we'll conclude our service. And if you're a parent here and you've got children in kids' groups, can I ask you to go and get them now because we're running a little bit over. So if you go collect your kids and then you can bring them back and join in the last song with us if you, if you want to. But yeah, go collect your, your little ones and then we'll conclude with, with the last song. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide He trembles at his voice He trembles at his voice
and the truth of those words that you are the greatest. You are the greatest. You are king. You are Lord. You are ruler of all. You are seated on the throne and nothing can separate us from the love of God that comes from you to us. I pray that we would just really know that in our souls, in our spirits, as we go into this week, that we would leave being men and women who know your love is truth. It is true. Yeah, we just thank you, God, that you don't love us for what we can do for you, but the starting point is your love for us. Yeah, it's so good. So good to know that truth today. Amen. Oh, thank you, guys. Do you have a quick seat? A quick seat? What's a quick seat? It's not a slow seat. <laughs> before, before we just finish, just a few things to say. Thank you so much for being with us. If you are new, don't forget to visit the information desk and just connect there. And uh, we had a great women's first um, meeting. We're going to have a women's breakfast kind of brunch once a month. Second, second, third Saturday. First time dwell, it was called, and it was this Saturday. So watch out for that next month. And um, yeah, just have a great week. And just know that you are loved by God. And I'm going to send you out with this blessing. Okay, so listen up. It's great. It's from Ephesians. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Amen. So go find that amazing blessing in Ephesians and have a great week. God bless you. See you later tonight.